You're listening to The Powerhouse Musician, a podcast for classical musicians to hone the business skills we need to thrive in today's classical music scene. I'm Rebecca Lane, your music studio and business coach, owner and director of the Lane School of Music and Rebecca Lane Coaching. So buckle up, let's turn you into a powerhouse musician. Welcome to another episode of The Powerhouse Musician. I am your host, Rebecca Lane, and I am here today with a very special guest, Julia Marble of Marble Music Studios. And Julia and I have known each other, I think, less than a year. In that time, she has done some incredible things in her studio. I will let her tell you all about them. We are going to get right into it today, but I'm so pleased to introduce to you, Julia. Are you there, Julia? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Well, yes, a little bit more about me. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Starting back at the very beginning, I am a Suzuki baby myself. So I started playing the violin when I was two years old and grew up in the Suzuki community and actually had my very first student when I was 12 years old. My teacher connected me with a student on her wait list and asked (laughs) if I could maybe get them started with the twinkles and From there, I realized that I had a passion for teaching, and I've been pretty much teaching ever since up until just recently, and so that's why we're here. Yeah. I moved to Nebraska for college, and so I I started Marble Music in Seward, Nebraska, and then in 2020, we expanded into Lincoln, so we have two locations currently and a team of teachers, and yeah. That's amazing. And I love your story that you started you started teaching when you were 12 and playing violin when you were two. Like that is incredibly early and so amazing. And so you have obviously years and years of experience teaching. So, I mean, when we first met, you reached out to me because you said, I see that you've stopped teaching. How did you do that? And so that was one of our very first conversations. I'm just curious if you could elaborate on like, how did you know that it was time to step away from teaching that you were like this is the next step for me. How did you know that? Yeah, well, I think there was a few factors that kind of led to the decision finally to reach out to you and then ultimately to step away from teaching myself. One, we had opened our second location. I say we because I also in 2020 added a business partner to our team. So I have a co-owner now, Bethany Rouse. And so we were working really hard to open and launch that location. I had a new baby. (laughs) My second daughter was born. And so that year after she was born, I was managing two studios that had over 200 students, a full teaching staff, plus teaching five days myself. (laughs) And so I just realized that that was a lot of time and energy. And I had to really look at my schedule and decide where my time was the best spent. And so I, I knew that it needed to happen, but it's scary to take that leap from moving in the classroom to just being the director. And so it was, it was nice to get some guidance on (laughs) finally making that decision. But I think I knew it was time. I had a vision of where I wanted our studio to go and also the standard that I wanted our studio to perform at, the level of communication that I expected from our, our teachers and also the way we were able to 
communicate and provide value for our clients. And I just started to realize that I needed to look beyond just my own personal students and look to our studio as a whole and and to make the leadership decisions that I needed to in order for the whole studio to thrive. Yeah, 100%. I remember making that leap as, as well myself. And yeah, just feeling very much like I was no longer completely focused on lessons when I was in them and that I was my mind was like churning with ideas about how to run the school instead of how to teach that specific student, even if they were right in front of me. And I was just like, this isn't fair anymore. I can't keep doing this with these students. I need to move on and and pass them on to another teacher. But that step is terrifying. And you alluded to the the like the fear of it because I know that's we're we're teachers, like and we're performers and we're musicians. And it feels like we're taking a step away from you know, what we came here to do. We built a music studio and now we're not even considering teaching anymore. So what do you think was the biggest fear for you? Like, what did you think was going to happen if you stopped teaching? Sure. I think part of the fear was that I had built up such a great network of clients at our first location. So that was primarily where I was teaching. I, I really wasn't teaching much at all in our second location. We knew that going into that launch, but they had been students that had been with me, you know, from the very beginning when it was just me by myself teaching and they had seen the whole evolution of the studio. And so I think there was some like a sense of loyalty to them. Like, wow, they've, they've really stuck with me through everything. And, and then the idea of like turning them over to a new teacher <laughs> just met like a really big change. And I think as all educators probably feel this way, like we care deeply about our students. It's not just going in and, and teaching the lessons. It's really you, you develop relationships with the students and you you care about them as humans and you want them to thrive no matter where they are. And so I felt a huge responsibility to make sure that that continued on, even if I wasn't the one that was actively teaching. And so I think that responsibility just like weighed on me and for a while kept me from finally like making the decision. But I just had to trust that like we could find teachers to teach and that the studio could really benefit from it. So mm-hmm. finally make the decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You took the leap. It's, it's an incredible like leap of faith to take when you're sitting on the other side, for sure. So walk me through that process. Like what did that look like? Cause you have to plan ahead when you're going to be stopping teaching. You can't just walk in one day and say, this is our last lesson. So obviously there was a lot of thought put into this. What was the process? How did you tell your students? How much advance notice did you give them? What kind of preparation was necessary for this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, reach out to a business coach. No, <laughs> it was nice to have, you know, someone else had gone through the process ahead of me because then it made me feel like not as alone. There's not being a music studio owner, sometimes we're the only one in kind of a radius network. And so just knowing that other people had done this was really, really helpful and gave me the confidence that I needed. So the first step was I drafted an email to just my personal students. And I tried to just speak from my heart and be as authentic and genuine as I could. I, you know, it felt very bittersweet. I I was very excited about the possibility of of what we could accomplish if I stepped out of the classroom. And so I, I led with that. I, I kind of shared the journey we had walked through together and helped them to see kind of the growth that had happened. It also worked out that this same transition, we were moving from a location that we were sharing with another business into our very own space with more rooms and really we could make it our own culture and our own space. And so I was able to also include that in the email, just say like, we have these plans, we're renovating right now. I can't wait to show you this beautiful space that I'm working on. But for these reasons, 
it's becoming obvious that my mm-hmm. my teaching position is leading me in a different direction. I'm stepping away from the classroom, but I'm not leaving the community. I, I'll just be teaching in a different way. So my new role, I I have time now to like mentor our teachers and to have conversations with them. And I can meet with parents that they have concerns here and there. So I, t- I reassured them that I wasn't disappearing. Mm-hmm. I was just transitioning my role. And then I was able to give them a, a few choices of teachers that I felt like maybe would be a good fit for them. Thankfully, the main teacher that ended up taking over the bulk of my students had already been subbing for me here and mm-hmm. there. And so the majority of the students already knew them and liked them, and which made the transition even better. So if that yeah is one thing that if you're thinking about <laughs> stepping away from teaching like strategically placing a sub here and there is also really helpful because they start to realize, wow, I can really learn from a different teacher in in the same way. Yeah, 100%. And you've sort of like already introduced them and they know who the teacher is. Yeah, there are so many benefits to kind of almost secretly introducing them to their new teacher in advance to kind of test the waters from both ends. So that's, that's really helpful to do. So after you sent that email, before you received any responses, like how did you feel? Yeah, I've never been like so shaky <laughs> writing an email, like hitting send. I was like, read it like a thousand times before I pushed send. I, I, after that initial like wave of energy, I just felt like an overwhelming sense of relief, which mm-hmm. always tells me that I'm making the right call. I think as entrepreneurs and business owners, like we trust our gut a lot. And yeah. so I had felt that this decision needed to happen. And so once I finally made it, there was just like this sense of peace that like, this is the right call. However things land, it's still the right call. Yeah, that's amazing. And then what did your students say? What was the response from them? Yeah, the majority of my students, they they were like, oh, we're disappointed. Of course, we love you as a teacher. But the majority of them were like, well, we kind of saw this coming or well, I knew that you were only teaching till six and now we're in cheer and needed 7 p.m. anyways. So great. Now we can work with a teacher that's more available. <laughs> so like it was surprising, you know, how many families were just like, awesome, great. Let's let's continue on. And I since I was still teaching the students currently, I just also followed up with the parents as I could after lessons. Mm-hmm. Once I knew that they had kind of shared the news with their student or, you know, beforehand, just to make sure that they felt comfortable and that if they had any questions, they could talk to me. I was willing to schedule like one-on-one meetings with parents if they mm-hmm. wanted more information. So I really just tried to make myself as available as I could during the transition. So that way everyone knew that like I had their back. And was that necessary? Like did parents reach out to you and want to chat more? Not really <laughs> not during the summer yeah so i i concluded kind of our schedule ends in may we have a short summer term and then we start back up in august so really no one was that concerned the people that pre i i guess i should have said one thing that was really important to me is that i made sure that the email went out before they registered for the next year yeah because i didn't want them to have like false hope that they would be working with me and then like surprise them with this news so i they already knew when they were registering that it would be with a different teacher and so they were able to make that choice with like full disclosure. Yeah. And I think that's the best scenario if you can swing it. Like that's not always possible for everyone. And people step away from teaching for lots of different reasons. You don't always have the advantage of that much notice, but if you do, then yeah, give them the heads up before they register for the next year so that they know exactly what they're signing up for. People love that transparency. I had a similar experience when I told my students it I, it was funny actually. Like I I was so nervous. I thought they were all going to leave. Like they 
you know, obviously they're only here because of me. My teaching is amazing. And if I stop teaching them, they will all quit the violin entirely and walk out the door. And I told each of them in their lessons and send them emails. And everyone was just like, oh, that's great. Yeah, we're, we're really happy for you. And I was like, what? It was almost offensive. Like, really? You, you, you're not upset about this. You don't, you don't love me as much as I thought you did. But they were all really totally fine with it. And a couple of students struggle more with that transition than others, for sure. But it wasn't nearly like the mass exodus that I was expecting. They were all just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Great. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I don't mean to sugarcoat it. There there definitely was like some bumps in the road. Yeah. They just didn't happen until later. So they didn't happen until like lessons began. Everyone was like rolling. And then like a month or two into lessons, you know, if something wasn't exactly the way I did it or or it just felt a little different. We did have a few families reach out and I told them like, thank you so much. We value communication as a core value, then you deserve to share the good and the uncomfortable. And so I just reassured them that their voice is valuable. The teacher that was working with them just really stepped up to the plate and they listened to their concerns. And we were able to make adjustments and make an action plan. And mm -hmm. I, I'm really pleased with how everything went and how our team was able to respond as parents got like used to the new system. So yeah, there is, you know, I think that there, there are going to be some bumps in the road and just to like expect that going into it. But if you kind of think, okay, what am I going to do when this happens or how can I be present with extra support if I need to, I think that can help because we were able to really redeem a lot of the confusion or kind of the I don't want to say negative feedback, but concerns mm -hmm. yeah. are kind of right away rather than, than letting them like fester all year long. And then they're like, oh, we had a whole wasted year. Like I'd rather be able to handle it in August. Like how wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so right. And you raise a really good point. So I think we should go there a little bit more that once you tell your students, even if they say, yes, this is great. And they've met the teacher and they're like willing to sign up for lessons. The process isn't really done of transitioning them to a new teacher until they start the lessons officially, like weekly with the new teacher and see exactly what they're getting versus, and they will inevitably compare it to what they were getting with you before, right? So did you expect that? Like, did you know there were going to be bombs? Did that take you by surprise? I think it took me a little bit by surprise just because like everything was going so well. Like I really had no bumps in the road at all. We mm -hmm. had like 100% enrollment and everything was just going along swimmingly. And so I think I just like kind of let my guard down a little bit, but that's fine. And I was, you know, once, once, you know, we got some feedback, I realized that, you know, hindsight, okay, there, there could have been more that I did to help that teacher really prepare. I, I just like, don't always think of like the unique things that I do in teaching. It's just like, I've been doing it forever, you know? So it just feels yeah. very natural. And so I think that was the lesson that I took away. And also the reason why I needed to stop teaching was for teacher development to really like, what are the things that I really want every single one of our teachers to be doing in the classroom? What are the key things that I feel like are valuable for every family? And nobody knows that if I don't tell them. So <laughs> it was a really good opportunity for me to really step into that role of mentorship, listening to the families, communicating with the teacher, and then ultimately saying like, this is your teacher now. So I'm here to facilitate this initial conversation, but you are welcome to communicate with them. Like if you like stickers or if you want, you know, and if you're not seeing something that you like, you, the parent, also now have communication with this new teacher as well and trying to give them the respect that they deserve as the teacher. Yeah. And not 
constantly be the middleman and stay as the, the person in the middle facilitating the conversation. It's important to step away. Yeah, you raise some really great points there that like that transition, in some ways, it's almost never over. Like they they move over to a new teacher and then they still come to you with all of their questions. And some of that is warranted because if you're in a director position or if you're doing the admin work, then, you know, some of those questions do need to still come to you. But yeah, it's it's interesting the dynamic that still exists between those former students and, you know, you now as the director, right? That That carries forward a little bit and it's important to kind of set your boundaries a little bit and be be firm, redirect parents to the place where they need to be asking the questions if that's necessary. And then provide that teacher with as much support as they possibly need and get feedback from them too. So yeah, it's a great idea in this process to plan to have some meetings with the teacher and potentially with some of the parents after like about a month into lessons to see how things are going and see if they need, you know, they need help with anything, any support, because that's when it starts to kind of hit the fan, right? Like that's when it's it's all, it's happening and, you know, the complaints start to come in if things aren't going super well. But I feel like you navigated that so beautifully because I remember that when you brought that to our group coaching calls and you were like, this is happening, what do I do? And the temptation at that point is just to be like, well, this student is complaining and they're not getting along with their new teacher. Maybe I'll just take one student back, right? Like everyone kind of, you have that thought in the back of your head. Did you ever think that? I actually did not. I felt so confident that I made the right decision to stop teaching that I knew. In fact, I even made the decision that I would not sub mm. the students. Smart. I would rather just schedule a makeup lesson just because I, I really believed that if we were going to do this, we needed to commit 100%. Now, did that, I, I did have regrets or like thinking back of like, okay, I met with a teacher twice. Well, what if I would have met with them four times or we like talked about, you know, student personality and the things that they like, but I didn't talk as much pedagogy, you know? So there was things that thinking back, I was like, oh gosh, I wish I would have maybe prepared the teacher a little bit better or what could I have done differently to make that transition like even better than it was. But uh, another thing was that like, when would I have had the time? Like I was, <laughs> you know, I think part of this transition was like, I, I prepared as much as I could but I couldn't do the job until I stopped the teaching. So there was a yeah. little bit of a circle happening, yes. at least for my experience, where it's like I knew the things that needed to happen, but I needed to let go before I could do them. So, but yeah, I guess one big reflection was like, okay, what could I have done even more to prepare the teacher? And then I would have, I think, felt like, okay, we've done everything. Yeah, and it's so great, like as you step into that director role, when you make that transition yourself, a lot of what we take away from that experience is very similar to what we want to implement if a current teacher that we have leaves and we have to bring in a new teacher for them as well, right? Like how do we, basically the lesson is like, how do we transfer students from one teacher to another? Because that's a thing that happens when you're a music studio director, like that just is going to happen at some point. So we have to learn how to do it. And being the person in it is very useful that you get a, a bird's eye view of what's happening when you when you do it like that. So kudos to you. That was like a really well-executed plan, I think, the way that you did everything. And so now that you've not been teaching five days a week and, you know, we always feel like, you know, I'm going to have so much time. It's going to be so great. How are you spending those hours? How have you reorganized your time and what kinds of tasks are you doing now that you couldn't do before? Sure. Yes, I 
I wish I had so much time. I still feel like it gets filled with everything. So I, which also just like proves like this was the right, right time to transition. I am able to spend my time doing the creative vision work of the studio, which I love and why I wanted to start my own school in the first place. I've just always been a big dreamer and I didn't realize like how much I was missing that time. So that's been like the biggest thing that I've added back into my schedule. And then besides that, I've been able to implement like teacher strategy meetings. We like can meet one-on-one. I try to do that. Like we are right now in our mid-year meetings. And so teachers can have an opportunity to like reach out with questions. I can also like reach out to them and say like, Hey, these are the things that are doing, you're, you know, you're doing really well. These are things we'd like to see you improve on. And so it's just like a really great opportunity that I've never had before to really focus on teacher development. I'm also still doing like all of the marketing, recruitment, promotion of the studio. I'm doing admin work as well. Hopefully we'll be transitioning that here soon. We're working on hiring an admin, but even some of those tasks I hope to, to pass on to someone else. But yeah, I feel like the things that I'm able to do now in the studio are the tasks that really hopefully will help move the studio forward and add value to our clients and to our families. Yeah, 100%. And do you feel like your schedule has shifted in terms of when you do your work? Like, has that affected your life as well? Yeah, because so much teaching is like afternoon, <laughs> evening, weekends. Yeah, as a mom with two young daughters, just staying at the studio till eight or nine at night and trying to also like the last year of teaching, having a, you know, basically a newborn and all that goes into that life. Yeah, it was, it was pretty exhausting. And so now I do all of my work when they're at Montessori and it just is so lovely. So I've really shifted to a, a lot of the work. I thought maybe I would try to sit in while families were coming in and out. And I, I do that every once in a while because it is fun to say hi to mm-hmm. people, but. Now I try to go to the studio when no one else is there and I can just work. <laughs> so I, yeah. yeah. And you can just get everything done. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like this has been a really positive experience for you. Do you have any words of wisdom to other people who are thinking about transitioning out of teaching at their own studio? That is such a great question. I think maybe if I get offered two things, the first is make the decision before you think you need to make the decision because I did not realize quite how exhausted I was and mm-hmm. and how I was pushing to that point of overwhelm that my tasks were just piling up behind me. And so I wish even, you know, a year before or, you know, before I had reached that point of just like desperation would have been nice. So I like think that that is really important. <laughs> and then the other thing is just to sit down and map out every step that you think you're going to encounter. So I, I feel like I did a good job of like the prepping to like let the students know, but then if you could even take that into like what we were talking about earlier of like, okay, what will happen a month after the lesson start and what will happen two months after the lesson start or how, you know, when do I need to check in? How do I want that to look? And how do I want that to feel? What would I say to families if they're not feeling great or if they're feeling wonderful with their transition? So the more prep you can do, I think the easier it's going to be. And if you are a music studio owner, especially if you have multiple teachers, it's probably sooner than later. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Because because I, the kinds of conversations that we have in our group coaching and that I have in my one-on-ones with my clients largely revolve, if they have multiple teachers, it largely revolves around teacher development, teacher retention, teacher hiring, not how to do the teaching. Like at that stage, you've 
mastered that. You've obviously become a really good teacher and you've gotten really good at that if you've built your studio up enough to hire other people. And so the questions are really about how to manage the team of growing teachers and being able to focus solely on that or like more so on that than on the teaching is such a huge gift. Even for people who just like cut back on their teaching hours to focus on this, it's it's really great. One final question for you, because I get asked this a lot. And so I'm curious to know if anyone has asked you this and what you say, which is, do you miss teaching? Ooh, that's a tricky question because of course I love all my past students to pieces. They're the best humans. I at this point do not miss teaching, but I had a very healthy career. So what I've been telling people is that, you know, I've, I taught for 20 years. I've been mm-hmm. playing the violin for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That is a very full career. And I can say that like, mo- you know, I think even for a lot of people, like we change careers more often than 20 years. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like that chapter of my life was very full and rich and beautiful. And I'm so thankful for that time of my life, but I'm also ready to like step into the next phase of my career and the next chapter. And it has also been beautiful and rewarding in, in different ways, but yeah, just as valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's one thing to like, I find miss the people that you were seeing weekly. Like there were families that I saw every week and they were, you know, basically friendships, right? That you, People that you checked in with once a week. And yes, I miss those people. I miss seeing them all the time, but well, teaching, I don't find that I miss. I really enjoy the leading of the school portion so much that it's it's really filled up that gap and then some. So it's, yeah, for anyone sitting on the fence listening, it really is a beautiful thing. Don't be afraid to take the leap because if, if you're feeling the itch, it probably means that it's time and you're ready, and there's a lot more waiting for you on the other side if you can just have faith. Absolutely. And reach out to other people who have, have done it before. Yeah. <laughs> to me, <laughs> I would be happy to visit with anybody who is thinking about this transition. Just be a word of encouragement. I know you've already done that with some of my other clients, so thank you for that. And yeah, we're happy to chat and support people through this journey. Thank you so much for being here, Julia. This was really fun, a really great conversation. And congratulations on all of the success that you have seen in your studio, Marble Music Studios, in the last year. It's really been an incredible nine months for you. And there's so, I, I know because I know what you're planning. I know there's so much more to come in the future. I'm really excited to see how your studio continues to grow. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This has been wonderful. You're very welcome. That is it for our episode today, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Powerhouse Musicians. Thanks for listening to The Powerhouse Musician. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think will love it. To meet more powerhouse musicians like yourself, join my free Facebook group, The Powerhouse Musicians. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Lane, and you are a powerhouse musician.